Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. Hi, everyone. In the last two episodes of our podcast, Kayla and I have been discussing our nonprofit organization, Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers, and how we set it up from scratch. While we thoroughly enjoy sharing our experiences with our listeners, we realize there is a wealth of knowledge and perspectives that we can tap into by inviting guests onto our show. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Jody Ao, who is a communications and fundraising professional. She has five plus years of experience managing projects and stakeholders across nonprofit, retail, and marketing industries. Jody holds a BA degree in health science from Simon Fraser University and is a certified project management professional. As a digital fundraising consultant at Doing Good Digital, Jody works with esteemed nonprofits across North America to elevate and maintain their digital fundraising practices with the goal of raising funds and awareness to support their unique missions. Previously at the Greater Vancouver Food Bank, Jody managed the entire life cycle of the nonprofit's external communications, brand management, and media relations. Jody led and completed numerous special projects while at the GVFB, including the 2021 GVFB rebrand project and the launch of a new website. We're thrilled to have you on the show today, Jody. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Jody, I want to start by asking about digital fundraising. As nonprofit organizations are increasingly turning to digital fundraising as a means of soliciting donations, what exactly is it and how does it differ from traditional fundraising methods? So the definition of digital fundraising is to use technology and applications to reach a larger audience, steward new donors, and build greater relationships with your donor base. Digital fundraising is really an ongoing process by using websites, emails, and social media. So when it comes to traditional fundraising methods such as door-to-door and direct mail, digital fundraising is much more convenient and easier for donors to give, and especially for fundraisers to reach new people. Another great thing about digital fundraising is its ability to show multimedia visual. So it's really great to show videos and reels if you're on social media. However, it's really important to have an integrated fundraising department where all of your fundraising efforts are planned together. So what this means is the direct mail people will have to talk to the the digital fundraising people. And so this will make every channel more effective and it will help with major gifts when you get to that point. During the pandemic, that was when we saw a huge increase in funds raised through digital channels. According to BlackBot, it grew 21% year to year. And in my old organization at the Greater Vancouver Food Bank, when the pandemic started, all of the events stopped. And that's when a lot of organizations relied on digital fundraising, especially um, online peer-to-peer giving. So this way, donors can still engage with the community, engage with the organization while being virtual. Thanks for that. And it sounds like 
now that you have two almost departments coming together, both traditional and digital fundraising, I'm sure there's a little bit of extra communications management that's happening there, right? That's right. So what would you say are some of the most common pitfalls that nonprofit organizations should avoid when implementing digital fundraising strategies? So first of all, they will need a comprehensive annual communications plan. Um, So again, direct mail, digital, and really all donor communications. So if you have a special event that you have to send an invite, all of that needs to live in the same plan so that you can see everything at a glance. So you know what's going out when, and it really needs consistency and willingness to keep trying. Building donor engagement, it really takes time and effort, especially for something like an acquisition campaign, where your goal is to build your donor list, you really need to start testing things out and be willing to spend the time to do that. And another really huge pitfall is if they don't have anyone dedicated to digital. Sometimes it can just sit on the side of someone's desk and it really just never get any attention. And that's really the big reason why people hire us at Doing Good Digital is to be a part of their team and just to take on everything digital fundraising. Lastly, digital is not one size fits all. You can always start simple and you can work your way up to a more sophisticated digital program. So if it's a smaller nonprofit and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, a really big investment, it really doesn't have to be like that. You can start something small by segmenting your donor list that you have already and put in a little bit more personalization. So really just saying, hi, first name in the email. That's a really good start. We've talked about a communications plan twice now. Can you give our listeners an idea of some of the elements a strong communication plan would have for marketing? Yeah, you should really look at your whole event calendar. That's how I would get started. I would look at the few key dates throughout your year and start plugging in your communications that way. If you have a really large end of year campaign leading up to it, you should start building up momentum starting at fall. So do a really great Thanksgiving campaign, which could also focus on a stewardship and then move on to your end of year campaigns where it's a really heavy ask and then move on from there. That would be where I would start. Great. That's really helpful. And then just for some people who might not be familiar with the term segmenting, can you talk about what that means? Yes, of course. So segmentation is really important when it comes to making your donors feel special. So if I am a donor who has participated in one of the events, you should know that as an organization. Or if I'm a monthly donor, you should know that as an organization and communicate to me as if you do know that. So you would do really specific messaging to different groups of people. So again, as an example, if you are speaking to a monthly donor, you would acknowledge the monthly donor gift and let them know what that means to them so that they can feel very special and they can kind of get a sense of what their gift can really help the organization. Thanks for that definition, Jody. And I completely agree. If I were giving money to an organization, I'll hope that I'll be personally addressed and not be like a stranger. Another question I have is about KPIs or key performance indicators. As someone who loves data and numbers, I know KPIs are worth tracking to evaluate the success of digital fundraising campaigns because they serve important benchmarks to identify areas that may require improvement. 
Jody, what would you say are the key performance indicators that nonprofit organizations should track when running digital campaigns? Generally speaking, it really depends on what the organization and the board wants to see. However, as a consultant, I would really recommend nonprofits to track two most important KPIs. Number one is the conversion rate and the response rate. So what that means is the number of people who take the action after landing on a certain page. So usually if you're doing a solicitation campaign, it would be a donation page. And so what that means is it would be the number of people who donated after landing on the page. So as an example, if 1,000 people visited your donation page and 10 people donated, your conversion rate would be 1%. The other really important KPI to measure is the click-through rate. So that's the number of clicks that your ad or your email receives divided by the number of times your ad and email is shown or opened. So if you see a low click-through rate, then I would recommend that you look at how to make it more interesting to capture people's attention. So as an example, you can add new images, new subject lines, and new taglines. And in this space, I do want to mention the caveat about open rates as well. In September of 2021, there is a Apple iOS update, which pretty much changed it so that all of the emails managed by the Apple Mail are now automatically marked as opened, even if the recipient didn't actually click on them. So now we're seeing open rates that are averaging 40 to 50%, but previously they were just about half that. So pretty much the bottom line is that open rates are kind of unreliable. So I wouldn't recommend uh, spending a lot of time on open rates. Finally, I think it's really important to look at the entire campaign as, again, it should be integrated effort. So, for example, if you want to look at your end of year campaign, look at the overall revenue, look at the overall response because one really will support the other. Jody, what kind of tools are people using to capture those KPIs? I mean, I don't, Carmen and I don't have anything like that at our disposal. How are you capturing? So a lot of nonprofits, we've set up Google Analytics to track everything for them. And UTM links are a really, really easy way to set up as well. So you can keep track of what people are clicking on. So that is really helpful when it comes to A-B testing. And also you want to learn more about your audience, right? How is your email performing? Are people clicking on your banner images or are they clicking on buttons versus text links? So with these information, you can really learn a lot about your audience and then modify your emails and improve on them that way. The other ways to learn about the KPIs is it's just within your platform. So in Lumina Online, if you're sending emails from Lumina Online, you can pull a report that way. You can also pull a report from MyEmma or MailChimp. So within the email platforms itself, it should have a pretty basic way for you to track your KPIs. And then, so you've talked quite a bit about both social media and email marketing. And obviously, after the pandemic, they've become an increasingly important tool for amplifying and supporting fundraising efforts. How can these digital channels be effectively utilized to maximize the impact of digital fundraising? Generally speaking, it gives you a chance to meet your donors where they're at. So people are spending a large amount of time in digital spaces. So by using social media and email marketing tools is really a best practice for a well-rounded campaign. So we'll talk about emails first. I mentioned a little bit about A-B testing. Emails is the great place to 
do some email testing to learn about your audience. Are they clicking on links or buttons or banner images? You can also send emails at different times of the day to track what works best or using different email signers. By using emails, you can also use the learned information to target new audiences and retarget your last donors. And it can also allow you to have a more segmented and personalized donor journey as well. So as an example, you can set up welcome series, you can set up automated 12-month renewals. What that means is your system should trigger you when it's at the 12th month point since the donor has last gifted. So you can also do segmented based on interest groups as well. So learning about your audience, see what they're interested in and send them the information that they're interested in. You can also demonstrate a lot of impact through your email throughout the year so that when it comes to your fundraising campaigns, they are more effective. So think about how you can leverage digital and social to demonstrate your impact consistently through the year. When it comes to social media, it's great for increasing brand awareness and storytelling. So you can do some really quick updates and behind the scenes. So this piece is really effective in organizations with frontline staff or program staff. One of the clients that we're working with right now is Play Like a Girl, which is a organization based in Tennessee that encourages girls to play sports and empowers them to choose careers in STEM. So with that, they do a lot of workshops with women in sports. And so when they're hosting these workshops, they'll take behind the scenes pictures, they'll get some stories from the mentees and the mentors and using them as a storytelling tool. So something I think about when you mention email marketing and conversion, I think about myself where I go through my emails and I go on like massive unsubscribe campaigns. <laughs> what are some strategies that you can give listeners to maybe help keep people subscribed? Yeah, I mentioned a little bit about this earlier. So it's really important for us to have a really strong welcome series. So as soon as someone subscribes to your organization, immediately, we all know this first impression count, right? So the first email that they receive from you, it should be very much connected to them, it should be very personalized, it should provide them with why they signed up in the first place. You really want to provide that value right off the bat. So with something like a welcome series, I would really recommend at least a three-part series. So the first one would be, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Here's what to expect after signing up with us. And the second part would be maybe sharing three links on different topics so that you can kind of get a sense of the interest. What are they interested in? What are they clicking on? And the third email as a part of the welcome series, I would do an impact story about a person that their donations would support. So then this full cycle of kind of like welcoming them to your organization would be a great way to start. And then after that, there are a lot of things that you can do as well. So of course, using newsletters, social media, and also developing a really good stewardship strategy as well. So sending them impactful emails to show what their gifts mean to your organization and the people it serves. You can also send out really exclusive offers for higher level donors, things that are like special events or virtual tours, something that makes them feel like, wow, I'm in this exclusive club. I'm so proud to be in here. Thanks for all the tips. Kayla, I feel like that's something we should start looking into and implement it in our nonprofit. And Jody, what would you say in the work that you have done with various nonprofit organizations 
Have there been different considerations for organizations in the different sectors? Do they contrast each other in any ways when it comes to implementing successful digital fundraising strategies? Yeah, I think there are a lot of similarities when it comes to implementing the strategies. However, the content is really different. So here I'll touch on two main groups. The first group is hospital foundations. With hospital foundations, especially in the States, we recommend building a grateful patient program. So what this means is really to speak with some of the past patients and turn them into a donor. So some of the key messages could be like, honor a caregiver who has supported your health journey. So you really want to look into the information that you already have as patients and turn them into your most loyal donors because they have seen firsthand, they've experienced themselves what this hospital foundation has been able to do for them. And the other group is just general nonprofits like family services or food banks. So as an example, we work with a client called National Center of School Crisis and Bereavement located in LA, California. They provide resources for educators to support students through crisis, loss, and other strategies. So their main audiences are donors, educators, and students. So when it comes to a nonprofit like this, you want to make sure that your communication is different between donors versus educators versus the students. So donors, you would want to let them know, these are some of the ways that we've been able to help educators and students. And if you're talking to educators, you would say, here are some resources that we have created just for you so that you can further support other students. Overall, there's a big difference between community-based organizations and also disease-based organizations as well. So as an example, if you're an organization like Backpack Buddies, then you will have a wider audience because everyone knows kids need food. Whereas if it's a disease-based organization where it has narrower audience, where it's like ALS, when people come through the organization, through events, or when someone is affected, the communication with them needs to be more different and more sensitive. Overall, a lot of similarities, but the content and the way that you talk to people will be different. And even there is you're kind of talking about going back to like the segmentation that we talked about earlier, right? Are you targeting donors? Are you targeting educators, like what audience are you speaking to? And what do they want to hear about? Yeah, exactly. So I've heard you talk a few times about Luminate, right? This is BlackBot Luminate online. How can nonprofit organizations optimize the use of this tool to achieve maximum results for their digital fundraising campaigns? BlackBot Luminate Online is a really great tool to use if you are an organization that wants to scale up in a large level. With all of the data housed within one platform, it can make the personalization beyond just the first name much easier. The main benefit that it has is it has everything in one platform. So that includes building a donation form, building emails, building peer-to-peer platforms, and also an e-commerce as well. And Lumina Online is really popular in Canada because of its bilingual capabilities. And Lumina is something you pay based on the size of your list. So prioritizing a list cleanup at least once a year is very much recommended so that you're not paying for inactive donors. Lumina Online is also really great if you use other BlackBot products like Razor's Edge so they can talk to each other 
between the donation forms and email marketing tool and your CRM. Luminate is also an enterprise tool. So other alternatives are to get platforms that offer everything separately, but are easier to use. So if you're a smaller organization and you feel like maybe BlackBot products are a little bit too expensive and you don't think your organization is there yet, then I would recommend tools like MailChimp or MyEmma for sending emails or use Classy for donation forms and peer-to-peer. That's helpful. I have not heard of this platform before doing my research for this interview. So thanks for walking us through what it can do and the benefits of using it. podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Fill out the form in our show notes to request the assistance of a thoroughly vetted project manager, 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. So Jody, now that we have heard an overview of digital fundraising, and some of the success stories that you guys have done with nonprofits. Are there any digital fundraising campaigns that you say have been unsuccessful in the past? And what lessons can be learned from them? Yeah, there's definitely a few fundraising campaigns that have just taken a longer time to implement and to see results. This usually happens when they're not integrated with any other channels. So as an example, if you're only sending emails and you're not doing anything on social media, then it's harder for people to really get your message. The other thing is if the nonprofit only runs a program only once. Sometimes things need to happen a few more times to be successful. So as an example, if you're running an acquisition campaign, you wouldn't run it just like one week. You would want to do it a few weeks or even a few months, which is recommended for you to really see results, really keep the ball moving. Another thing is if no other stewardship is happening throughout the year. So imagine you are a donor and all you're getting is just a thank you email, but you're not really seeing the impact throughout the year, then it's just harder for people to feel connected to your cause. And your whole annual calendar needs to work together to make your campaign successful. You're really trying to set yourself up for success for your end of year large campaign. So by doing this throughout the year, you'll really get your donors to be connected with you before the big app. Do you have any data or statistics that you can share with our listeners to illustrate the benefits of implementing a digital fundraising campaign? Yeah, I have three examples that I can share with you guys. So the first one is working on a capital campaign with Food Bank of Santa Barbara County last year. So their goal was $6 million during the public phase. And by working with us doing good digital, we raised 20% of that online and the rest of them offline by their own team. By having this digital fundraising strategy, you're able to reach new donors who you may not reach via offline gifts or just your direct mail. 
And again, that was a really good success story when it comes to having an integrated program where the offline team and the online team are working with each other. The other one is with Cedar sinai which is a nonprofit hospital in LA, California. Their end-of-year integrated campaign was up 50% after we implemented a better online strategy. There's also Jocelyn Diabetes, which is a research center in Boston, Massachusetts. We saw a 100% increase year over year after working with us. So overall, it's really important to have a digital fundraising strategy as a companionship to your current existing strategy so you can really reach people through different channels. That was amazing. Thank you for all the concrete examples and letting us know of what the strategies can be used to create something successful and for donors to keep coming back to certain nonprofits. And Jody, if our listeners want to find out more about you or your organization doing good digital, where can they look you up? Where can they search for you? You can visit our website at doinggoodagency.com. And you can also email me at Jody, that's J-O-D-I-E, at doinggoodagency.com. And you can find a lot of our blog post on our website as well. And it'll provide you with some resources on the most up-to-date fundraising strategies or trends. Um, And we're also really happy to just chat with you um, and do an audit of your digital fundraising strategy and help you and provide you with a little bit more information and strategy support. Thank you so much, Jody. I want to express our sincere gratitude for you taking the time to speak to us about your experience and your insights in digital fundraising. We're confident that our listeners will benefit greatly from the insights you shared with us. Your dedication to the nonprofit sector and your passion for fundraising is truly inspiring. And we're honored to have had the opportunity to learn from you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm always happy to share knowledge and learn from other people as well. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.